0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the TechPoint Africa podcast. Today, we'll be discussing MasterCard's investment in Momo, multi-choice reduction of Canal Plus' acquisition bid, and what the CBN is doing with or wants to do with POS terminals in Nigeria. Before we go into the news, I would like to inform you that TechPoint Africa has Partnered with Innovest Africa, a startup accelerator. And Chikazu will give us the lowdown on who it is for and how you can get in on this.
1: Okay, thank you for that uh, very good question. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: sorry, that joke flew over you on you your own. Um, so, Innovest Africa, part, um, partnering with TechMind Africa, is bringing Innovest Ignite Lagos Africa um, Accelerator. Quite a mouthful, but um we are bringing a mouthful of benefits.
0: Ah, good there.
1: Yes. Um so first of all, early stage startups, um <clears throat> pre-seed seeds, um, but you must have an MVP, obviously. Um you should have some traction as well. Um any sector is encouraged. I mean I do like no one to see anything tech, but hey, <laughs> any sector is uh, any sector is encouraged. Um 10 startups would be selected for this. And um, three of them would get an investment of twenty thousand dollars. Not equity free. You shall give equity, but you get um, you get money. Um, so applications are currently open. There will be a link in the description for you to for you to invest. Sorry, not invest now, but there will be a link in the description to apply. And applications close on the fourteenth of February. Um, I know that's a day when people should be celebrating, but you might want to apply before then. Yes, so that.
0: No or re- and apply and that takes us to the discussion of for today um, we read in the news or we wrote, we had the news we wrote in the news <laughs> <laughs> that um, MasterCard has invested 200 million dollars in Momo yeah. and this will give them a 3.8% stake mm. in the fintech um, product, company yeah. or whatever of FinTech arm of MTN. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can you tell us like the implication of this for both Mastercard and mm-hmm. MoMo.
1: Okay, so first, I, I think the this deal going through is a vote of confidence on Africa's fintech potential or the potential of Africa's financial systems, mm-hmm. and that one of the, one one thing that points to it is um, a statement by Mastercard CEO. I think about a year ago. Also, when you mentioned that Africa's infrastructures have gotten to the point where it makes sense for them to invest. Mm -hmm. So you look back maybe 20 years ago, if you needed to send money, you had to go queue in a bank. You can do it now with your smartphone or with a USSD code. Mm -hmm. So that's significant advantage in the last 20 years. Sorry, um, significant growth in the last 20 years. So MoneyPoint sorry. Why the hell am I money point? Um, MoMo has been part of this through mobile money. And recently we've seen them enter into Nigeria, I think, in the last two years. And this is a, I think this is a huge move. Um, a lot of people have talked about how telcos, because of their huge distribution networks, mm-hmm. could be um, very, they could be key in extending financial services to parts of Africa where it was previously unavailable. And this, 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 I think, would help with that. Um, so, for example, Mastercard has been making quite a few investments in Africa. Um, last year, they made they made an investment in into Etel um, Etel's mobile money service. Mm-hmm. So, this is just you Ethel and MTN are like two of the largest telcos on the continent. Yeah. So, they have stakes in both in both. So, it gives them a lot of room um, to play on the continent, right? Yeah. And And um, for I think for us now, or for Africa, what you can expect to see is maybe MTN going harder on mobile money, especially in Nigeria, where uh, mobile money for them is still relatively new. Having conversations about whether mobile money has really penetrated as much as was predicted mm-hmm. but then it's just early days i mean this is barely 2 years since they launched yes. so maybe those We, conversations we actually are kind expected of
0: much from them when nigeria was going through a cash yeah, crunch the yeah but um, then
1: it kind of coincided with when they were starting right and i don't think it makes any sense to place much expectations on someone who is just starting out yes you have the accumulated experience from all the other continent all the other countries where you play in mm-hmm. but in those i think that was like less than 7 months um, after their launch that we had the whole cash crunch. So they did not have all of those infrastructure um, to deliver the kind of services that people probably wanted from them. Mm-hmm. But they've had significant growth. I think they have um, over 2 million users, um, 2 million mobile money users, which is significant. Of course, we don't know whether they are just people who moved from or have an MTN line to uh, to move yeah, because they're they active, were, right Yes, yeah, well, but, if, if they can stable.
0: tap into their current... um Customer base that is that that should work for them, and um, I think with the evolution that is going on, moving from card payments to the owing digital wallet and mobile money, are you even
1: going? Is there even an evolution? Because we we are growing into it, yes. Okay, so the thing is, um, card payments are like common in every other part of the world, very, very okay. Well,
0: evolution with me, one is facing out for the other, okay, okay, it's not like. One, it's not like card payments we face out. Mm. It's just that this will also be yeah, huge. An as yeah, because card we have more people
1: with, for example, a mobile money wallet than a bank account. Mm. And to the best of my knowledge, uh, mobile money wallets don't come with ATM cards. So, or um, credit or debit cards, we yeah. do not have any of that. So, yeah. So,
0: ta- ta- uh, we, we, we are looking forward to how this will deepen. The use or adoption of mobile money in Nigeria, and um, Mastercard is—I don't know if it's, its really like truly beating Visa to it, being the major players really in the them. card space. Yeah.
1: No, I, I mean I would say so. It's still early days again. Yeah, so a partnership you can't, you can't
0: with the two. To the two, you just. The two largest largest, uh, mobile money Money. operators, Ethel and MTN. I mean, so
1: it appears that Visa has like a different strategy. They are working with with fintechs. Um, MasterCard seems to have taken the route of going with um, telcos, but Visa seems to be focusing on um, fintechs. So now they have a Visa fintech accelerator that was launched last year. About 40 startups should be accepted each year. And they, they aim to invest in about a third of them. So it looks like their own strategy is working with fintechs. And I won't blame them. Um, much of the growth we've seen in financial, uh, in the financial space in the last, let's say, 10 years has been driven by fintechs. And it just makes sense for them to try and tap into there. We also know that it's getting harder for fintechs to get funded. Mm-hmm. So this is almost, they are, Like there's a huge potential for Visa. There's also huge potential for MasterCard because at least, or nearly half of Africa is still unbanked. People would dispute those numbers, right? But nearly half of Africa is still unbanked Mm -hmm. or do not have um, a a connection to the financial system. Mm -hmm. So that's still hundreds of millions of people. I think it's, it's, it's good in.
0: that they are focusing on the different ends and um, the products. Yeah. we will see the result and I'm sure it will, it will mm. accumulate to be a huge one. Moving from that, we saw that um, multi-choice turned down, Canal Plus's bid to acquire them, mm. which we got to know around the, like early this month, yeah. it's, it's a $1.6 billion um, yeah. it's over acquisition 30 over 30 billion. Rands. In
2: rants, yeah, it's over 30 billion. Uh, but based on whatever exchange rate you are using, I've seen some people say it's a $2.5 billion uh, bid, mm. while some people are saying it's a $1.7 billion bid.
0: Yeah, anyway, they turned it down, saying they have been disrespected. That's not <laughs> their word. <laughs> but you said um, Canal Plus um, actually undervalued them. Mm. And um, th- there are a lot of things around it. Yeah. Uh, I, my, 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 the question on my mind is that were they really undervalued? Is were they really undervalued? That's like these people are. Don't let me just go into it, but um, she "Can you just like go into it? if you want to make an educated guess? Were they really undervalued?"
1: Okay, so valuation isn't exactly a science. Maybe for a company like Choice, it is kind of a science because they're a publicly uh, traded yeah. company. Um, but Plus is making an offer that is valuing. Uh, multi choice at let's say more than they currently are trading, um, the, the stock market. yeah in the in the stock market. So they're undervalued. If they feel they are undervalued, maybe they are undervalued. Plus um, is an existing investor, so they already know the state of multi choice. They um, I mean if if I'm looking at it from the and if I'm making an if I'm making an investment this huge, then I believe in the potential of the market, right? And that is probably what multi choice is playing with or playing on when they say we are undervalued. Because yes, you own 35 percent of us, but you want more. Mm-hmm. If you want more, well, um, pay more to get more of us. So it's basically a dance or a game at this point. Mm-hmm. You've made your first bid, I'll respond. I don't know if you if you if you watch football and you follow football transfers, things like this uh, happen a lot. So a club says, Oh, my guy is valued at we value this guy at 150 million dollars uh million pounds and then the club that is buying says no you are not we don't value you at this um you do 100 and not. then they now go back and forth and maybe in the end they do 100 or with some staggered payments that maybe come close to 150 when in reality it would never be 150. Mm-hmm. so um sorry i'm using football analogy but i think that could be something that happens here um Plus will probably respond with a higher offer or a slightly mm-hmm. higher offer and then you um, we'll see how it goes.
0: So the valuation apart, because it's like you're playing to the part that this was actually a good offer, mm-hmm. like that multi choice should have mm-hmm. taken. Okay. I, no, I'm not saying they should. I'm
1: not saying they should take it. I'm just saying I feel it's a decent offer. Doesn't mean it's the it's the best. Um, so we don't know if there's another person that is interested in acquiring multi choice right now. If there's someone else, but the tone right now looks like. Multi choice is willing to sell, which kind of looks good for a canal plot that wants to acquire. Multi choice wants to sell. If they want to sell, then it makes it a lot more easy for you. If they don't want to sell, that's where you have some difficulties. But now they're telling you, look, your bid is not up to what we expect or what we want. So it's just you upping your bid. Um, is it a, I think it's a decent offer, really. You're okay, giving okay. me more money than I'm currently trading. <laughs> at. Yeah, but w-
0: w- we know that multi choice is huge. Mm. Big in the South African market and a French a French um company, <laughs> company coming to acquire them. I think valuation are passed. are you positive like okay, if you want to yeah, it's possible, are you possible that this would even go through given the how SA is with foreign people, foreign companies owning their companies? Bolo?
2: Yeah. Very, very valid question and a lot of people have actually been. I think that's one area a lot of people have been focusing on, right? Because if you look at the um, the Electronic Communications Act, right, in South Africa, it limits um, um, South African broadcasters um, like foreign ownership to twenty percent. So if you are a foreign owner and you want to own a broadcasting company in South Africa, you can't own more than twenty percent in terms of voting rights. Right, your economic stake can be more. So Canal Plus, like Tim Bosim said. They are already an investor in the company. They own 30 percent, but that 30 percent does not translate. It's 30%. not equivalent to the voting rights they have. So they have lower voting rights, right? So based on this, you can see that there is going to be a lot of um, uh, regulatory hoops to go through if they actually want this deal to pull through. And we've seen, uh, we've seen that when regulators do not want something to happen like we saw that with um, um adobe microsoft. adobe and um, figma right that yeah. deal did not go through yeah. which for some reason i'm happy um <laughs> yes because we know adobe and out there figma is a breath of freshness eh? <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> uh, so um we saw what regulators in the eu also did to microsoft when they tried to get activision so south africa is also really big on uh not allowing, not allowing foreign owners right to infiltrate their company. <laughs> you say that if you <laughs> <laughs> That's one way, That's so, another so so Apart from before, foreign before. owner ownership,
0: mm. um, is, is, is already like operates like something that is similar to a monopoly. Yes,
2: exactly. That's another point to look at.
1: Okay, so what? here, wait, mm. monopoly, monopoly where? Yeah. That's one question because there are other, other businesses, right, mm. and the biggest problem you have is in South Africa. And you have seen it is, you, if you woke up one morning and made this bid, mm. you've thought through the potential loopholes that are there. There could be something that they are hoping would help. There is actually. And for multi-choice too to say, mm. we are undervalued, there is probably something that they want to do. So, But to the question of whether they are a monopoly, yes, a monopoly in um, in South Africa. But in the, uh, on the rest of the African continent, they are, comp- they are still competing with Netflix. Yes, um, Showmax marks does no, no, no. have... No, those yeah.
2: are... Um, like
0: this, I'm talking about pay TV now.
1: Pay TV. When it comes I'm, to pay TV, they're monopoly, not, even in Nigeria. Yeah, but that's... Can you uh, watch
0: um, Premier League without DSTV? Without DSTV?
1: Ah. Don't worry, let's not, let's not answer that they question. Actually, yeah, actually.
2: So even in most... In the markets that they are in, mm. they are they are a monopoly because... Think about it... Nigeria, which is... Nigeria and South Africa. Uh, I, I'm not sure if Nigeria is one of their top
1: three yeah, markets or sure. so. Who else would be the top Okay. If you
2: look at South Africa, look at Nigeria, top markets. Who is competing with them in those markets? In, in pay TV. Nobody comes but to mind.
0: But they even have low budget and high budget. They TV <laughs> a good TV. Nobody comes Some to mind. No. Exactly.
2: Nobody comes to mind. So, Canal Plus injecting
0: one billions five. of dollars
2: into that company, makes them even stronger. Mm-hmm. Something broadcasting regulators are trying to control already. Mm-hmm. But then Tim Gosim said something that made me remember. So he said, Canal um, is probably looking at something that will uh, make this Google through. And there's actually a proposed legis- legislation that wants to increase foreign ownership from that 20% mm-hmm. to 49%. Mm. Right. So they are... Pr- Canal Plus is probably banking on the fact that that legislation will pull through. I'm sure. I mean, it's a very big company. It's not their first rodeo when it comes to acquisitions, so they have a lot of lawyers. Um, they have a lot of who are these people that uh, lobbyists?
1: No I mean, and then for something like this, that it's not going to happen that. in three months. That is so unworthy. you're hoping yeah, that, going that going to even to be with a long play. yeah, yeah,
0: and say say <laughs> say the valuation. Is is still a like do say the um, legislation is still a do. Mm. Um, I I I heard Canal Plus is known for its hostile takeovers.
1: Yes, you can't do hostile takeover in this case <laughs> because you the regulator. Yes, you, like you're basically fighting two people. You're fighting the company you want to take over. You're fighting the regulator. You will not win if you fight with the regulator. That, mm. one is, that one is You certain. just
0: to look for a loophole to exploit.
1: You will, well, I don't know how you want to do it though. But a, a regulator that was already looking at the person you wanted to, or maybe you want he to acquire. Back. I don't know. I don't know. how You want to do it your, 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 your own. You it's going to be hard for them to actually do it without the legislation is talking about being really through. Yeah,
2: and that won't go through for another even a ESF.
1: Uh okay. more, Really? Why?
2: That is what some experts are thinking because it has actually been on the table for a long
0: time. For a long uh, time. So it's it's a playoff time. We'll see Mm -hmm. how this we um we go and we keep you abreast of any updates we find on this news. Moving from that, we come to Nigeria. The Apex Bank CBN has come up with uh, another thing that they want to do with POS um Terminals. terminals in Nigeria. So the issue of frauds keep coming up and they're like okay there's this thing we can do we re- we introduce a few features and also work um towards recertifying POS terminals. There's a lot of a lot of things to do there and they are putting a timeline of six months. Now my question is first of all let, what, what, what does this recertification even entail? What does it entail and uh, what else is the plan? Who is going?
2: All right, uh, <laughs> let me take it. So, um, one thing is, all POS terminals will not get something called an uh, a terminal identification number. All
1: right. Okay. Not so to be confused with your tax identification number. Or <laughs> pay your tax. <laughs>
2: yes. So. This is TID. Yes, TID. This means your terminal basically has has its own identity. Yes, its own unique code. So, if your terminal has been used for something. Right, they say the way uh, they say uh, people should have names, right, so that when they commit crime, they can know. So <laughs> you can liken it to something like that. Um, another thing that um they will have is those POS terminals also have something called a feature called geofencing, right? So once a POS terminal is recertified, gets um, the TID, it cannot operate outside. The vicinity it was registered, so if you mm-hmm. registered to work in Ikeja, you like, cannot carry to Surulere. Like,
0: like your what's it called? Your prepaid meter,
2: something like that. Right, mm, that's yeah. how it works.
0: Yes, you cannot take prepaid meter to another place. I didn't there. know that. If you are a tenant in the house and you buy the prepaid meter, it's staying there.
2: So uh, okay. So a ton of registrations to be done by. The agents that will be using those terminals, so they'll be required to provide an address, BVN, tax, and education numbers, and a lot of things like that. So, so that's basically we, what the certification means. We,
0: we have a reputation in Nigeria mm-hmm. back in 2019 2020 when um, everyone was told to register their scene because one person is not allowed to have more than three scenes. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Then in 2022. 2022 that everyone was told to revalidate or, re- or register their NINs.
1: Which they are currently doing again.
0: We we understand how stressful that was and the number the like the long queues that it created in those offices that are supposed to go mm-hmm. to do it. Now, um the fintech reports um showed like uh, the number of POS terminals we have in Nigeria. Which was released, uh, was it released was last year. year. Yeah. Yeah, 2020. And it's, it's a lot. Sorry. It's a lot. Mm. It's a lot. So I'm I'm just thinking of all the logistics around it. How do you want to do this? Now, the possibility there is that if you want to maybe biometrics will be involved. So you might need these people to leave where they are to go to a particular place. That is that means you are stalling that you are stalling their operations. How, I'm just looking at how how they six want months. to do this. I they say they want to do it in six months. Say we want to have faith. What is the possibility? <laughs> what what's the possibility of this happening?
2: Okay,
1: Should I take that? I um, so I was Don't going be brutal. to do <laughs> <laughs> no. So I mean, so uh, when I saw it initially, I was like, ah, sorry if you can't understand the. Um, look for a translator. Translate say. it. It's they've come word. again, Sound basically. Like Ghan- okay,
0: they've come Ghan- again. Okay. okay. Ghanaian, Ghan- 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 please. <laughs> you're not <laughs> <also> in Ghana. <laughs> yes.
1: Anyway, um, I don't know how likely it is to do something like that in six months. So we have about 1,800,000 or 1. 1.8 million um, POS terminals or POS agents, I think, across the country. There are also businesses that use them. And if you're familiar with it, you know that some of them in fact in the last one year now it has become a very important way of taking payments for yeah. businesses. Um I can't remember the last time I went to an ATM. It's been a while. I probably go to an to an ATM like maybe it's once in a month months. or uh, it's not that bad job, but like I don't go um, to I ATMs very frequently. Right. So most people only use POS machines right now. So I don't know what um like what the logistics would look like. But I think it's highly unlikely that they would finish in six months because first you have to recall PUs that is already in the market. If you are recalling the POS, let me just go by what Nigerians typically do. The people you're telling to recall it would not... They will not just come on that first day and submit to the POS because all it means is... Well, you
0: give them a deadline that you are going to, that it's going to stop working. You cannot so do day that. Before that day. We've seen, you can't, we've seen deadlines you, very well. well. The possibility no, of recalling it is, is low. So or, this is different it's the, from your NIN, or, right? Or, unless you make it useless for them, then they will come and reactivate it. If not...
1: Here's the problem. You cannot take that risk because it's not them that will suffer. Mm. Like I said, POS agents, POS machines are deeply entrenched... In Nigeria's financial system. Yes. If you recall a third of that, I don't know how you want to do it. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe you do want to do location by location. But regardless of how you do it, that recall process Mm. is going to be a very serious problem. Mm. Right? Assuming you want to do that. But um, let's say they are not going to recall it. Let's say it's just something as simple as pushing a software update. Again, this is because the CBN is kind of light on details on how this would, yeah. um, this would work. But if it's just a software update, it kind of is, is easier. So yeah, all the for, uh, all they have to do on their end is just push the update yeah. and then the, um, what do you call it, the agents, the agents okay, have users. to like go um, online, go online put in all something. those details. Hopefully, it doesn't mean that they have to be Go to a place fiscally mm-hmm. because if they have to go to a place physically, mm-hmm. it now adds yeah. extra work for them, and mm-hmm. they may not be very keen on doing that. Yeah. So that's the that's the problem. How would this be rolled out? Last week we were talking about um, the fraud flagging feature mm-hmm. that they plan to um, to release. Mm. The CBN has been on a roll with regards to regulation. They've been releasing quite a few or a lot of regulations in the last um, two or three months. So without those details, right, we can't really say how this would work. But Hopefully, they do not have to recall POSs in order to do this because I don't know how it's going to play out for most Nigerians if POS, measure, if POS terminals are recalled. So, so
0: you mentioned something the other time. The reason CBN is doing all this at all is mm. because of the cases of fraud yeah. that happened with POS. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm wondering that many of these things you are saying are supposed to be to. To um, stop fraud, one the implementation is going to take long, mm-hmm. and within that time, you can you can you can believe and expect these people that commit this fraud to find loopholes around it already, even before you finish implementing it. That mm-hmm. said, I'm wondering what is geofencing doing with reducing fraud. Okay, yeah. I understand that. I understand that it helps to know the location of that person, but mm-hmm. the limitations it brings. To it is more than is the benefits so for me.
2: So let's before before we look at the um, limitations, right? Let's look at the benefits first, right? Okay. So maybe Chingo, I think Chingo's name is big on the limitations. I am not
1: an um, opposition <laughs> of the CBM, but interesting. No, I am not. Okay, so it has benefits, it has limitations. Mm-hmm. The benefits are so you can. In a way triangulate where a POS is. Mm-hmm. And if going by the little idea about how geofencing works, you can turn it off remotely. You can turn the POS off remotely. Mm-hmm. So assuming a particular POS machine has been um, flagged repeatedly, I don't know how that will work, especially because they're using it for fraud. If this mm-hmm. is for businesses, I know how easy it can be for maybe someone that you you check your maybe you check your screen or whatever and you see that the POS machine that was supposed to be in Yaba. It's now in Ikeja. you just turn it off immediately yeah. and then figure that out later. But for something as simple as fraud, you are now dependent on people reporting um a fraud incident. Immediately it happens. Mm. And hopefully um, they can give you an like they can give you accurate details of that POS machine. And I I still I still don't know how that will work because it's it's a it's a very difficult thing. So I'm trying to work through it. I go to POS to a POS in front of me. I am defrauded, and maybe I discovered it two days ago. I was talking to, to someone now um, today, and she said when her own happened, it took her two days before, like, complained. no, not before she complained, but she, she used the POS today. Two days later, she's seen withdrawals from um, from her account. She, so between that period, hopefully I've not done too many financial transactions. I'm not wondering, okay, where did the, where did the where problem start mm-hmm. with? So that could also mean that the offensive may not fix the problem. To be clear, I don't think that anybody is going to eliminate um, fraud. Actually I actually don't, don't think you can. you
2: can can't eliminate that particular problem. So because problem.
0: you know, you know, you know know why? Can. You, you, uh, you um, know most of the POS terminals you find outside now are Android, uh-huh. and they carry SIM cards. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are connected to the internet for they for for it to be to be um usable. True, mm-hmm. you get so the way you can track phones, mm. you can also do that with um, Android POS. I
2: mean um,
1: it's so well i don't know if you can the i don't i, will I don't probably know.
2: make it a lot more easier, easier.
1: so here but, what so because, does
0: because your fancy with like two three. yes it will so that's a,
1: that's it. that's a problem because it restricts where those spheres machines can be used can, can be used for them it now means that if you were living in lagos and you move to abuja you cannot like um, yes, so you have, like to, you have to do it. something else yeah, i disagree for you. no Joven, okay. that's 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 how it works now if you, okay, if you move out of I a particular, if you move out of a particular location I that you work with, are you disagreeing on how it works? <laughs> I'm not disagreeing on how it works. Uh-huh. Okay, go I'm ahead. I'm
2: disagreeing on okay. So, like you said, like one common form of POS fraud is you use your POS somewhere, mm-hmm. right, and then they're able to get your details and authorized transactions on your behalf, right, mm-hmm. and then you start seeing debits when you get home. So, what most of those people do is. Because they can't do it at the same place for a long time. They have to move around. Mm -hmm. So, geofencing stops them from doing that. For someone who is not a fraudulent POS agent, right, and then there's a need for you to move, I'm sure that, or there's a possibility that you can talk to um, the company that has issued you that um, POS terminal and tell them, okay, you need to move. mm -hmm. And then they register you, okay, you used to be in Mm Surulere, and now you need to move to a new state, right? Mm -hmm. We'll recalibrate the old geomapping or geofencing thing and then calibrate it for that particular location. Mm. And then you can go work there. right? Unlike those that use it for fraud, those ones need to move around very often. Mm. But why would somebody that is not doing anything fraudulent want to move from, go out and work in, uh, do agents in the area today mm. and tomorrow they are going to another so new state. So that's you time.
1: assuming that... It takes them a short period of time to move. That's one. Two. A POS agent today has at least two. Not all, but most of them have up to two. So if they have two, what stops them? If someone really wants to defraud you, right? I have to invest in my business. And what stops him from getting 10 POS machines and spreading them across? Now, I don't believe that um, fraud networks are just one person acting alone. probably going to be a network Mm. so they are going to be in several locations you deactivate them they get a new one Mm -hmm. right so what it probably would do is just knowing that okay this happened within this location but the exact pos i don't know how you uh, i don't know how they want to do it but except you can pinpoint the exact pos that did this because here's what happens i come to this shop and i i don't see you tomorrow Uh, like i come here today I see you tomorrow. I come, I do not see you. Mm-hmm. Um, am I? It's not going to be like one house that you stay in. Don't forget that it's not one house. Mm. You can be okay. What if they say, Oh, Ikeja, Ikeja is so big that one day I'm in Jerry, the next day I'm in Allen, the next day I'm wherever. So the person has like room, and yes, it will restrict, it will put a little um barrier, but I think that. Largely, you don't do much, because okay, <coughs> first of all, how many we don't know the proportion of Ps fraud that is committed by um, people who have to move around mm-hmm. a lot. You yeah. know that what some of these people do is clone your they clone your um, card. your card and and, just... and your details. We also know that another part of Ps fraud is just where someone uses your card to make a withdrawal. Someone that has your details, yeah. probably a family member or something um, uses your card to make a withdrawal. Some of them may not even be fraud, fraud. You can just, like what I just described. Let's say you have a sibling. The person picks up your card, they don't tell you.
0: Is it fraud? <laughs> <That's laughs> okay, An oppressed fraud, fraud, uh, fraud, uh, fraud has levels, but yeah. the person
1: does that. Then we also have where someone actually gets your details fraudulently. Yes. Maybe your phone is stolen or something, and then they get your details, and then they go ahead to do that. So, except the majority of the fraud is done by people cloning your bank um, your your card details if that's not the case this may just solve so, a little so bit the of the problem. So the
0: thing is, so yeah? the, w- 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 what, we are, what we are talking about is is a possible way to stop fraud, but yeah. it's yeah. as if it's the only thing you are suggesting. Meanwhile, there are many channels through which this fraud what is, happens. Is, yeah. is So it's, it's, it's not a problem, but what you are looking forward to is implementation. How do you want to implement this? CBN needs to be giving us information to... To, to know how they want want to do this so that we can pass it to the people that are doing the POS terminal, that are using the POS terminal so that they will know how to prepare themselves. So we need more information on how they plan to do this recertification and, this and, and, and the registration. Okay. And also find a way to implement it so that it will it will be mainstream. It will it will touch everywhere. And uh, it is until they are able to do that before we can check how useful it will be. Or how much fraud it is it going to stop? So we are looking forward to that. To so CBN, please, among other things, do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that yeah, we've come to the to the end of what we've we are here to discuss today. There are other news things that happened. Things are always happening in the African tech space. And you can trust Went Africa to report them. So you can go to our website and stay up to date with every news that everything that happened in the African takes place this week and even in previous weeks, you will find them there. Don't forget to, to um, if you have anything to say to us, a feedback, a comment, a question, you can send us an email at tech, um, podcast at techpoint.africa. Podcast at techpoint.africa at techpoint.africa. We'll be looking forward to your feedback. Don't forget our newsletters that are currently running. And if you're listening to us on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts, don't forget to leave us a review so that more people can know about the Techpoint Africa Podcast. Also drop a question. If you have any there, we'll get to it and we'll answer you. You can also listen to us on Google Podcasts. On um on any, or any other platform you listen to your podcast, this Friday I mean tomorrow, there will be another edition of Pitch Friday, and for this we are bringing a player an experienced player from the health tech space, and it would be answering different questions around the business of. Of, of startup <laughs> of running a startup the person of Dr. Neto Ikpemen please don't forget to attend it will be holding at the Zone 10 Park Zone Tech Park at Bagada thank you for joining us for another episode of TechMent Africa Podcast and we will see you in the next one bye bye